When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast lore behind the Mass Effect games. Speckers! Welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with N7, the legend, and Sam, we are getting back to the lore today. We've got more tally stuff to talk about. Yes, we have returned to the lore, uh, a much anticipated return. I, we have been reading some of the YouTube comments. So <laughs> Yeah, some people are like, hey, when are you guys going to finish this tally thing? It's been like weeks now. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff that's come up. Sorry about that. We'll get there. Don't worry. It's coming. And, and now it's, we're here. It's now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. So so we're going to discuss the exciting and or maybe tragic ending to Tally's story in Mass Effect 3. Um, just as a, kind of a quick refresher for if you're jumping in now, you didn't listen to our previous two episodes on Tally. Her story began for Mass Effect fans when she was just this Corian leaving home for the first time. And then f- and then she finds a world that's just so much darker and more grim than she ever dreamed of. And then we see her mature in Mass Effect 2 ultimately grieving the sudden loss of her father, uh, who is this man who never gave her the affection that children deserve. And uh, But he did task her with finding a homeworld for her people. And that final goal, very integral to her character development throughout the entire trilogy. But we're going to be talking a lot about that today. Yeah, so we're now on to Mass Effect 3 stuff. And as uh, development progresses through the series. The whole decision tree starts to spread out. So where exactly do we find her in Mass Effect 3? Or how does she find us? Well, she continues maturing and she kind of finds us as a natural progression of her own career and her own abilities. One of two ways, though, it differs a little bit. She goes back to the fleet after Mass Effect 2, no matter what you did with her trial. But if you kept her from being exiled, then she's promoted to Admiral. Interestingly, I know nothing of the formal process through which a Quarian citizen becomes an admiral, uh, but Tally was given some of the best military training in the fleet. We know this from Shepard's own statements in earlier games, so maybe that had something to do with it. And of course, her father having been an admiral is likely part of it, but I don't know if the official process is always a, you know, like, uh, what is that called? You know, with family. Hereditary. Yeah. Hereditary rule. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if it's that, given how uh, otherwise democratic their society is. I kind of doubt it. But in Tally's case, this is this is the the case. If you keep her from being exiled, but if you don't, if you if you instead chose to share the evidence of her father's negligence with the Geth experimentation with the fleet, then she's sent into exile in Mass Effect Two. So she doesn't become an admiral, but she does ultimately return. And she helps the Admiralty Board as kind of this hush-hush basis. She's a clandestine advisor on the Geth because her experience with the Geth is uh, irreplaceable. Yeah, I guess either either direction, she's gained a lot of experience and a lot of connections. And so it would make sense for her to play either role. Yeah, and I think it's a very... Um, a very genius way for the writers to kind of take two choices and loop them back into the same canon uh, starting point. So then that way they can all circumstances go from there. Yeah. Simplify the tree a little bit by bringing two branches back together, that kind of thing. Right. Because if she was like, if you had one person's Mass Effect 3 where she starts in exile and the Corian fleet wants nothing to do with her, and then another one where she's part of the Admiralty board 
and making executive level decisions. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of differences yeah. just from the get go. Right. And if you multiply that across all of the other characters, that becomes you're now writing dozens of storylines rather than simplifying it and being able to actually produce a video game and put it out for people to play because that would take forever. Right. You can't have like 36 different starting points in Mass Effect 3. Yeah. I mean, now with with Baldur's Gate 3 having released and I, I forget what crazy number of endings they said that there is in Baldur's Gate 3, maybe Larian would choose to disagree with me. And if that's the case, if anyone working with Larian is thinking this, how about you go ahead and tap Bioware on the shoulder and <laughs> uh, help us out for the next Mass Effect? Yeah, I, I think uh, th that's a good point. The previous Baldur's Gates, um, like many game series, regardless of what you played and what you did in your play, they all define a canon ending and then move on from that canon ending uh, and that's something that the Mass Effect series has pushed back against oh very um, heavily very heavily so they're not saying this is the canon ending regardless of what you did they're saying okay this is what you did your story continues and that is a way more complex way of continuing writing a video game it, it really amplifies the complexity yeah if, if that's how they choose to go about the next Mass Effect I will be I'm, I'll be surprised, but not from like a pragmatic point. Well, of view. I, I don't like this is a whole side topic. I don't know how you take the the actual conclusion of Mass Effect 3 and then say like any of those options work. Let's design a story from there. Like that feels too conclusive. I feel like at the end of that trilogy, you have to define something as the canon ending and then move forward because otherwise yeah. you're now developing four different games at least at the same time. At least. Yeah. Well, at least at the very least two. One where the Reapers are still around, one where they're not. Uh, yeah, but, but even the then, like, basis. yeah, oh, man, but yeah, there's so many other complexities. Anyway, that would be a fun yeah. topic for maybe a, a patron chat. But well, we you know what? <laughs> if, if people want to listen more about that, we talked about it at length on In 7 Day. So you can go back and listen to that. But That's true. about Tally, uh, either way, you can sense this added level of responsibility that she expresses for her own people and for the welfare of them when we meet her in Mass Effect 3. And she's also just kind of a boss-ass bitch <laughs> when we meet her in Mass Effect 3. Uh, she walks on the Normandy, especially, you know, uh, if she's been promoted to Admiral and you're like, oh, shit, she's, you know, a big shot now. And so we have a clip from this scene that i'm talking about when she walks on the normandy and this is the romance version uh so for the mass effect tally fans that are going to listen and say you know tally best girl i always romance her you're going to be happy that we chose this version but here's her coming aboard the normandy while shepherd talks with the other admirals admiral it's mostly a formality i'm an expert on the geth that you are I'm glad you're here. Why didn't you tell me? I would have helped. Thanks, but I knew you had your own problems. I'm sorry about Earth. We've got the largest fleet in the galaxy. If you can help us, we'll hit the Reapers with everything we've got. Or however much is left from this stupid war. I thought you'd support the invasion. No. After talking to Legion, I thought maybe there was a chance for peace. So why help them? I'm an admiral. People look to me for guidance. Public disagreement would divide the fleet. And what about us? Would us being together divide the fleet? No. Well, possibly. I, I, I don't know. But right now, I've got civilian ships taking fire. Can we keep this quiet? At least in front of the admirals? Sure thing, Miss Boss Normandy. Oh, thank you. If you want to talk in private, maybe you could invite me up to your cabin? Maybe I could. <laughs> the, the romance parts, always fun. I like the cat and mouse nature of the Shepherd Tally romance. Um, but she, and yet there, that is at the same time that she's clearly gained some maturity from, you know, how we met her in Mass Effect 1. Uh, where how many times in that conversation was she expressing that she's responsible for the unification of the fleet, mm -hmm. right? And keeping them not divided. And yeah. that's, that's the rhetoric of a leader. Yeah, I, I can't disagree.
Yeah. Um, I also found it interesting that during that conversation, Shepard just assumes that Tally would support the invasion to take back Rannoch, their homeworld. Uh, and I, I was racking my brain for why he might assume that. And I think it's because if you're a Shepard, then you are going off of what she voiced way back in Mass Effect 1, that the Corians have a rightful claim to the homeworld. In Mass Effect 1, you remember, Tally was very anti-Geth uh, and was an advocate for her people to the point of not even considering the, the Geth as, as people. And honestly, that, that idea wasn't really brought about until after Mass Effect 1 anyway. But um, depending on how you played, she does indeed talk about her interactions with Legion, uh, and she'll talk about how that kind of gave her pause. Uh, if you were Tally, Tom, I mean, w- would you be would you be more worried about the fleet and the unification of your people, or the possibility that you might be waging war on sentient AI? with thoughts and feelings and whatnot. Yeah, I, well, I think for most people in most races, you're going to first consider the survival of you and your species. I think that's almost always the fundamental thing. And if something else has to get thrown out, say some moral concern in order for you to survive, survival is usually the first concern. So I, I can see the justification for that. It's a nice rock in a hard place conundrum. And, you know, you always want to be able to say, well, you know, the moral thing would be, you know, there's sentient life, too, and you got to take care of that and be, be careful. But if if you have a fleet that's dying and aging out of the technology that's going to keep them alive, they need to do something. And sometimes you yeah. have to, you know, I don't know, break some eggs in order to make an omelet. That's well put. I was just going to bring that up. The whole um, as kind of a reminder for our listeners. This is after and and considering that tally is now an admiral she was probably briefed on this um that at the highest levels of corian security clearance they are actively talking about the fleet is dying of entropy you know it is just not meant to hold an entire race for hundreds and hundreds of years and and they have a hard end date on when they believe the fleet will collapse uh and that's like not too far from here it's like 75 or 80 years i think yeah And and, and at the same time the reapers are invading right <laughs> so there's that too so there's multiple fires under the asses of the admirals um cool band name idea but uh <laughs> but this is this is uh a good example of uh you know like relative morality and um i don't think that tally is mistaken for kind of considering the unification of her people but i do give her credit for at the same time clearly mulling over the idea of her interactions with legion and and considering are we in the right here um now dividing the fleet you know romance aside it's interesting that that unity is among the concerns because it never was we never heard anything like that from her before and i think that that means she's kind of filling her father's shoes yeah, it also feels like she's more uh, included in the information and also has matured a bit. So it, it's part of a character arc. It totally makes sense. Yeah. And you ca- you caught that she mentioned catching up in private, right? Well, when you talk with her one-on-one again, uh, and, and again, romance aside, she confides in you these thoughts that she can't really express in front of the ad- other admirals. Um, she's worried for the entirety of her race in what she implies is kind of an inevitable war with the Geth. But here's where things are, are a little bit different depending on how you handle the whole trial in Mass Effect 2. So if you only play, play through this game once or maybe two times, you may have heard different variations of this conversation. But basically, if you did what I did in my last, what I consider authentic playthrough, um, and I can get grilled by our listeners later about why I decided authentically that I would turn over the evidence that her father had in, in the trial. But if you did that, if you turn over the evidence and you tell the truth to the Admiralty Board about her father's experiments, well, despite losing her mass, her loyalty in Mass Effect 2, if you somehow kept her alive through that suicide mission and then she makes it to Mass Effect 3, then she apologizes to you and says that you did the right thing in telling everyone the truth even though it didn't make her happy at the time that's interesting another like character development moment 
Yes. She's putting her personal feelings aside. Uh, her She's putting her whole ego aside and examining things from the outside in and saying, you know what? Yeah, that was the right call. Yeah, it's it's a this is something I wish more people would do. It's like it's one thing if you get upset in the moment and, you know, but it's another thing to take time later to realize, okay, maybe this is actually what happened. Cool off and see things from a different angle, even though it still might be painful to you to understand things from a different perspective is something that is uh, takes a lot of a lot of guts in a way. Yeah, a lot of introspection and and yeah, a lot of a lot of guts, moral fortitude, if we want to call it that. Right, right. It's funny. Um, it's funny that so many people in our society uh, stick to your guns. If you believe a thing, believe it always, and and never change your mind. And it's like, well, what about when presented with alternative evidence or somebody else's perspective that you care about? Wouldn't that be the wrong answer in those cases? Shouldn't you like it, be more like Tally? But you know what's weird, and and I was thinking about this in in, in American culture, flip flopping on an issue and waffling on something mm-hmm. is so frowned upon. Yes. And I started racking my brain for why. Why is that? And I guess at the very minimum, you could be considered indecisive, right, for flip flopping on something or untrustworthy because maybe you're changing your answer depending on who's listening. Um, right. But right. If you're if you're flip flopping over the course of a decade, like <laughs> that's to be expect. I don't know if you can consider that flip flopping. You know, people mature and they change. They right. learn new things, and their or, or you know, keeping their standards change or, or keeping uh, beliefs kind of floating until you have enough evidence to then plant your flag in and say, okay, this is what this is what I believe about it. Uh, the scientific method is another example of this. Science doesn't believe anything. Science has lots of proof that certain things are more likely than other things. And given enough proof that the alternate thing or a different answer is actually more accurate, science will then convey that that's the more likely thing. Science isn't waffling. Science is updating the data in order to get a more and more accurate view of the thing that you're looking at. And to apply that to your own mindset is actually beneficial in human relationships. You know, maybe I didn't understand your perspective. Maybe I didn't understand all the things you considered before you made that decision. Now that I do, I'm going to change my mind a little bit and maybe I'll be more accepting of the thing you decided to do. Just like Tally is and right here. You know, exactly. That's it. That I was going to say that is exactly what Tally's doing. And I think that's why it's so crucial to be able to wake up first. You got to wake Legion up. You can't just let them, you know, hang out in the car or the AI uh, core and never wake him up. You can't give him over to Cerberus. Um, you got to wake him up. And I think it's so crucial for Tally's development to be to have those interactions with Legion so that she can look at herself differently, not even just yeah. consider the humanity, for lack of a better term, the humanity within Legion and all other uh, Geth, but also so that she can take a hard look in the mirror at her own people. So. Uh, that happens if you decided to tell the Admiralty Board about her father's experiments. She apologizes. But if she's exiled, the power dynamic is different because she doesn't take too kindly to the extreme war hawks like Zen, Admiral Zen. Zen arguably doesn't really view the Geth as people at all or anything more than little playthings to experiment on. And yet, if she's not exiled, if, if Tally is not exiled, then she becomes that admiral. And then so she can say how uh, she has a say in how affairs are handled. And, and then she's listened to. Um, so the power dynamic is still a little different, but they do t- they do bring it back around so that they have a common starting place for the game. And remember, when we're talking about this exiling, there's really no greater punishment in Korean society than exile. They don't have the resources to spare for capital punishment. Uh, so it's not just a huge punishment in corn society. It is social death is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of the stuff leading up to her being part of a crew. When does that happen? So that's the Geth Dreadnought mission, uh, where you have to disable the Reaper signal being broadcast. And then that's using to upgrade, upgrade. I'm using quotes, uh, air quotes, uh, upgrading the Geth because, the Reapers are basically trying to take control of them uh, through the synthetic form of indoctrination. And Tally is absolutely essential during this mission. She understands Geth technology like none other. And if Legion is alive, then this makes for an interesting dialogue at the end of this mission. 
But I also think that this comes very late in Mass Effect 3 because tally lovers undoubtedly will agree with me here, but they must have been a little bit disappointed that we don't get more time with tally in the finale of this trilogy Mm -hmm. because we don't before this before this kind of geth corian war uh, arc in mass effect 3 we we can't get tally early there's no way to bring her on board and have her as a squad mate early so. right right yeah mass effect 3 has this way of like rolling out certain characters and bringing them back in based on the mission you go on or where you are in the story yeah yeah there's several arcs within the game itself and this is one of them so there are numerous great one-liners after you've picked up tally and she hangs around after you know kind of after the arc is done um and there's great one-liners and hilarious conversations and kind of like you know in mass effect one there was the elevator dialogue right well in mass effect three there's kind of the ambient dialogue on the ship and, and other places um so between meeting her and landing on rannoch uh there's some great scenes and some afterward too but he here's a pretty funny scene that I wanted to take note of and it's in the Normandy's lounge a lot of a lot of people love this scene in Mass Effect 3 it's a fan favorite but it actually has some truth to it so I want to examine the truth in this scene this is directly after Horizon where Miranda confronts her father uh, and ends up dying in the process Shepard want a drink I'm toasting Miranda I think Uh, how are you getting drunk very carefully. Torian brandy, triple filtered, then introduced into the suit through an emergency induction port. That's a straw, Tally. Emergency induction port. It's actually getting a little harder to get it into the slot. I think that means it's working. She was so rude. What did Jack call her? Cerberus cheerleader? With her perfect genes and that attitude and... And still, she got it done. She stopped her father. I didn't realize this would be so hard on you. I didn't like her. Kila, she was such a bitch. But I respected her. Sometimes that's better than liking. She did whatever it took to stop her father. She never gave in to him. Never changed herself to please him. So, uh, Drunk Tally, best Tally? I love Drunk Tally. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) She's one of the few characters who gets drunk. Um... I love Drunk Tally, but and, and that scene is hilarious, but I also want to focus on the fact that Tally takes this interest in Miranda uh, and Miranda's dynamics with her father, and it doesn't take a lot to analyze why Tally might care about that specifically, because Tally's own father is this estranged, almost mythological figure. Yeah, um, they have some parallels there a little bit. Oh, yeah, they both have daddy issues. And so I think Tally respects Miranda's approach to, you know, not being afraid to 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 give her father back. uh, Well, I was going to say to to give him his shit right back. But I mean, in fact, Miranda kills him. So, (laughs) so, you know, that's that's an understatement. Um, But Tally respects that, I think, because I think deep inside tally is this hurting person who is saying why weren't you ever there for me yeah and tally's father wasn't he he had these big you know grand and abstract ideas about protecting the fleet and the burden of command Mm -hmm. but he was a terrible father yeah this is one of those stories we hear about a lot of children of great people and those people like focus on the things that made them great to the detriment sometimes of spending time with their families yeah and so i think tally has this anger for her father inside um much like miranda did for different reasons but i also think that tally wanted a chance to confront her father especially after what we learned in mass effect 2 with his experiments on the geth you know 
Um, and I think Tally wanted that closure that would come from a confrontation. Like, how could you lie to me? Mm-hmm. How could you ask me to send you back geth parts and not tell me what you were doing with them, knowing that it would amount to treason? How could you do this? How could you put your own daughter in this situation? Tally never got that closure. So for Miranda to get closure by seeing her father in person and then ending the threat, um, I think this is what Tally really takes to heart. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That makes sense. Yeah. So I encourage people to check more of those, you know, great tally scenes out. There's tons of compilations on YouTube. Um, But for our purposes in examining her character, let's jump to a scene where I think part of her destiny is fulfilled, uh, no matter how it ends. So I'm talking about when Shepard and Tally land on Rannick. This is really a long time coming for her, and it's pretty integral and central to her character development. I can't believe it. I don't think it's really sunk in yet. The home world. My world. Look at the sky. And the rock formations. They used to write poems about them. When we're done, maybe you'll write a new one. This is Ranok, the world of our ancestors. Our bodies carried the seeds that spread the desert grass. You've heard me say, Kilasalai? The best translation I can come up with is, by the homeworld I hope to see someday. Looks like you're seeing it today. The living room window will be right here. Something I should know? I just claimed the land. I know it doesn't mean much, but when this is over, I'll have a home. The Quarian spent centuries as nomads. You think you can go back to living in one place? We have gotten used to carrying our homes around with us. Well, that's a start. The uh, the music, I mean, obviously the voice acting, we always praise the voice acting, but the music specifically in this scene, I feel like is per, uh, particularly effective. Yeah, you know what song that is? It's well, and it's Vigil, that's the name, but it's also the song from the very menu when you boot up Mass Effect 1. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. So I wanted to talk about that. The fact that they chose Vigil to play in this scene specifically Uh is, I think, the developer's uh, way of trying to get us to think back to Mass Effect 1. To think back on all the journeys we've made since then. Yeah, it's been a long trip. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. cool. That's really cool. So, so I think it's, you know, it's supposed to convey this nostalgia to the player because right now Tally is feeling a form of nostalgia, which is interesting because it's a nostalgia for a place she's never been before. It's like a, yeah, a nostalgia for her ancestry, but not something yes. she's experienced. Yeah. That's, it's a cool yeah, concept. So, yeah. So it, it, I can imagine Tally setting foot on Rannoch. And, and it's almost like she has, you know, rows and rows of the ghosts of her ancestors standing behind her, mm-hmm. thinking that every decision they ever made was so that she could have this moment right now. Right. And that's a really special feeling for Tally. Yeah. The sacrifice um, of all these generations so that at some point their children could return. Yeah. Yeah. So... This is also what Tally's father promised her, you know, in a video message. You remember like a few episodes, several episodes ago, we were talking about the comic that takes place before Mass Effect 1. Tally goes on her pilgrimage and her father's video messages playing to her. Well, this is what he promised her, that she would have a home on the uh, on the home world. And imagine how she feels now. She says, I just claimed the the area. This is where the living room window will go. And she's touching the soil on this world that for her and at least three generations of her entire race, people away from the fleet aside, this world existed only through the stories of her people. Right. This in a future, um, more settled version of, you know, this community of this culture is going to become a Hallmark special. (laughs) (laughs) She returns home for Christmas. Her car gets stuck in the mud. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I've been wandering the universe, and I'm finally planting my home here. Give me a kiss, Shepard. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, a, that kind of thing. There's a dashing, wealthy space captain, <laughs> divorced but never had kids, uh, right. <laughs> right. who comes to rescue and get her car out of the mud. Yeah. She's like, let's talk about my home world in your private quarters. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But of yeah. course, the camera pans they, away and doesn't ever show the scene because it's like made for TV. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure I'd want to see a Hallmark sex scene anyway. But, uh, <laughs> uh, well, that's that's pretty much all I have for the beginning half of the show. All right. Let's let's go thank our patrons. We'll be right back. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this lorecast is mine. I like the sound of that. So welcome to our two newest patrons, Ryan S. and Architect Art. Thank you for signing up and joining us on the Patreon. And shout out to all 67 of our current patrons. Thank you for being here and supporting us. And our Shepherd Tier uh, Patreon patrons, words are hard, that get shout outs every week. Kolkashins, Edboy, Kirasi, Lieutenant Ticino, and William. Thank you so much for your support and everybody who supports this show. Thank you so very much. Also, if you'd like to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out on a future episode. We don't have any new ones this week, but... Go ahead and leave one. Maybe we'll read it next week. Also, you can rate the show on Spotify or whatever podcast you're listening to this on or tell your friends or your family if they're into Mass Effect, any of that stuff. So thank you to everybody for the support. Without you, we couldn't do the show. So let's move on with the rest of the episode. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. So her story at this point, she's reunited with her people's home world. And then we've, but we still have the problem of like the war with the Geth. Like, is she more or less compelled at this point? I think it's a complicated answer because on one hand, she's inspired. Uh, the fabled goal is now real. You know, the, the finish line is within grasp. And she has been to the homeworld that she and millions of others wished to see one day. So she'll be damned to snap, you know, she'll be damned if it's not hers, if, if it's snatched away from her and her people right at the finish line. So, but on the other hand, I think that she's learned even more about the Geth and how different life may have been without the Reaper's control over who the Geth called the heretics, which is the, the, the faction of Geth who worshiped the Reapers as the old gods. Uh, well, it, Eden Prime, without that control from the Reapers, Eden Prime wouldn't have happened. And who knows how long the Reapers had been influencing the Geth. I don't know. Um, and if Legion's alive, she she now has a personal connection to a Geth. So I think it's a complicated, a complicated answer. It's less complicated if you didn't keep Legion alive. Yeah, <laughs> if you yeah. never woke Legion up. It's yeah, less complicated. I mean, drawing from real world, uh, it's it's very easy to say, oh, those are those people over there. They're not with me or us. And so therefore, I'm going to assume bad things about them. Like that's just, just nature of human beings. Right. But when you work alongside people of different cultures and different backgrounds, and you get to know them. You start to realize how much you actually have in common. And usually it's most things. And there's just a few things that are different. Right. I would imagine in this situation, it's kind of similar. You spend time getting to know Legion, you start to understand that, oh, maybe this actually is a person. And then you start having a little bit more empathy for the rest of the Geth. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, because it's it's abstract. If you if Tally doesn't know Legion, it's abstract when you talk about Geth Corian relations, because how often do they actually interact? So it's it's this abstract idea where it's easy to be like, well, they are the evil robot race who exterminated 98% of our people, which is true, by the way. Um, and on the Geth side, not like they have a lot of verbal conversation. They talk amongst themselves, you know, digitally. Um, but, you know, it'd be easy for them to make the argument. The creator race tried to destroy our race when they realized how intelligent we are. So you guys remember that? Yeah, I remember that. we kind of had to protect ourselves. We were like, you would have done the same thing. Right. So both sides justifiable in the abstract. But and, and this is something that I've noticed a lot in our own world. When people get to know each other more and more, fighting and war becomes less common. People don't want to go to war. Yeah. Uh, well, you don't want to punch your friend in the face unless they really deserve it. <laughs> 
guess. <laughs> right, right. right. Um, and it's also why countries with very similar cultures and shared historical, uh, you know, or shared histories rarely go to war with each other. They, and they, when they, they do, it doesn't likely. last long. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but ultimately, you know, Tally's father made a promise to her and she in turn a promise to her people that they would have this homeland again and she chooses to pursue that with minor variation depending on how you and your choices have influenced her so let's jump forward now to where the variation is seen again after defeating the reaper broadcast signal to who's trying to take control of the geth on rannick legion takes it upon itself to upload reaper code to all the platforms so that they can achieve full autonomy um kind of a bicentennial man moment for anyone who watched that robin williams movie <laughs> okay uh but warhawk there, there are these warhawk admirals in the fleet who are like now's our chance to strike and i can only imagine shepherds like what a fucking buffoon you are <laughs> like, <laughs> like why would you no stop i've worked so i've worked for three goddamn games now <laughs> like yeah. do not do this so um but they're like now's our chance to strike and so they they they're they're thinking the geth are vulnerable during this kind of like reboot sesh where uh the broadcasting signal from the the reaper is gone and legion's trying to upgrade their code and they're kind of like in this uh, sleep mode. And that's how the Koreans view it anyway. They're like, now's our chance to strike. And this leads to a very dramatic conclusion with Legion and Tally's stories, uh, both lobbying Shepard to really side with them. This is one of the impossible choices of Mass Effect. Right. It is one of the impossible choices. You need a lot. You need a lot of the right decisions at the right time. And you need a lot of Paragon or Renegade score to do this. But, um, you know, it's 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 impossible. It's you know, if you rush through this this story, I guarantee you, you're going to have a straight up bad time in this scene. Yeah. OK, so how does it end? Like, what are the possibilities here? Well, like I said, it, it depends on your choices. And I don't just mean choices in this specific conversation. Right. Uh, you need huge Renegade score. I believe that's 70 or 75 percent. Uh, either Renegade or Paragon to be able to choose those options, uh, those choices and, and the dialogue tree. Um, but it also, you need to have made several different choices along the way. Are both Legion and Tally alive? Because if they're not, things are a lot more complicated. What did you do in Tally's trial? Um, that is really a key here. What you did in Tally's trial has long lasting effects. How did you handle Legion's loyalty mission with the heretics in Mass Effect 2? If you even did that loyalty mission, did you save Admiral Chorus in Mass Effect 3? These are just a few of the questions that you should ponder when you're approaching this scene. And I don't want to spoil too much about, you know, uh, how to pinpoint exactly what outcome you want. Uh, but there is a whole point system assigned to those choices that calculates if you have enough uh, points, quote unquote points, mm -hmm. because it's this hidden point system to negotiate peace. Yeah. And if you don't meet the point threshold, you cannot negotiate peace. And if you don't have enough and there's no peace, it can only end one of two ways. So you either side with Legion and the Geth agreeing to let Legion up, upload this upgrade to the code for the Geth. And in the process, you fail to convince the Koreans to stand down or you side with the Koreans. Both lead to very dramatic scenes with uh, and in the latter, Legion actually attacks you. <laughs> he like holds you up by your throat and dangles you over this cliff and then Tally shanks him with her boot knife. <laughs> so so uh, very dramatic scenes, both of those, since most of us, I think, never got to see it. Here's a clip courtesy of a user named V on YouTube. And it's what happens if you side with the Geth. And so if you side with Legion, here's what happens. Um, and if you, if you do it like a lot of players did where they think there's still a way to broker peace, but you tell Legion to go ahead with the upgrade and then you fail to convince the Koreans to stand down. Here's one of the uh, hardest scenes in Mass Effect. Also, should we watch. give like a, a warning here? like emotional like suicide warning like if that's a trigger thing for you trigger warning that'd be the right phrase yes yeah so. and that's a that's a great idea um trigger warning for suicide and self-harm 
All right, here we go. So skip forward two minutes if you don't want to listen to that. We did it. We killed a reaper. Kila. We can confirm that the Geth are no longer being directed by the old machines. We are free. You did it, Shepard. The Geth fleet has stopped firing. They're completely vulnerable. Shepard Commander, the Geth only acted in defense after the creators attacked. Do we deserve death? What are you suggesting? Our upgrades. With the old machine dead, we could upload them to all Geth without sacrificing their independence. You want to upload the Reaper code? That would make the Geth as smart as when the Reaper was controlling them. Yes, but with free will, each Geth unit would be true intelligence. We would be alive, and we could help you. Our fleet is already attacking. Uploading the code would destroy us. Shepard, you can't choose the Geth over my people. Why not? Our fleet is massive. We can support Shepard's fight against the old machines. If the creators no longer threaten us. Upload the code to the Geth. Tally, call off the fleet if you can. Uploading. 10%. This is Tali Zora. Admiral Geralt, break off your attack. Negative, Tally. The situation is under control. 20%. Thank you. Do not do this. Please. Your people began this war. We will end it. Forty percent. I'm sorry. No. Error. Copying code is insufficient. Direct personality dissemination required. Shepard Commander, our skepticism was misplaced. Thank you. seems just a little tragic just a little bit a little bit um just a a lot a bit since we're primarily an audio platform allow me to paint a word picture of that scene for our listeners who never saw it uh watching the flaming remnants of all the ships in the fleet just rain down upon uh the world which once birthed them uh and the death of essentially her, her entire race uh tally decides to take her own life uh she falls backward off a cliff saying i'm sorry the same thing shepherd just said to her a few moments ago when he decided yeah. to allow the geth to go forward with the upgrade he says i'm sorry yeah and Oof. she falls backward off this cliff saying i'm sorry which is like emotional damage um <laughs> but my question is who is she really saying it to though I don't think it's meant to, for Shepard. It's meant for her father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or her people at large, or maybe everybody. I think, I think it's meant for, and you know, I, I think you have a good point. It, I think it's meant for her, her people at large, but. But yeah, I think personally, she is so, I could, I, I'm not saying it's also not for her father. I mean, it could right. be any no, no, of no, those things, right? Like, but yeah, it totally would she, make sense if it's to her she's father. She's so heavily dissociating. Um, that I think in my own head canon, um, that she's saying it to her father because of all of the times that her father promised her and then tasked her with seeing it through mm-hmm. that, that she would have a home on the home world. Right. Um, and interestingly, the words, I'm sorry, is the title of the song playing in the background there, yeah. uh, that tragic kind of orchestral music. And, and it's in my opinion, one of the best songs in the entire trilogy's score. 
Yeah, it's it's effective stuff. So, uh, I mean, in the scene, both Legion and Tally die. And, I mean, basically the entire Corian race. It's uh, I can imagine the writers working on this like in pre-production and they're coming up with these like scenarios like what are the kinds of situations we want to put people in and somebody like pitching this one everyone being like oh man yeah we have to do that <laughs> it has to be an option yeah. <laughs> oh especially after talking with john ebinger about you know the the morden scene and the emotional damage that yeah. he personally ensured there would be there <laughs> oh yeah oh oh that's twisting the knife we have yeah. to do that and yeah, no, yeah. it's twisting the knife. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sure that there's a way to royally fuck up as bad as, <laughs> as if you get that scene. Um, but with the exception of those Koreans still living on or still on the pilgrimage or perhaps they're living in exile. Uh, yes. Yeah, just a handful. The entire, just a very small handful of Koreans left. Yeah, you know, given the war, I bet most Koreans were called back from their pilgrimage and they were going home. Um, so, you know, that is tragic, but I wanted to get that out of the way first because we have a much happier way that this can go. And I don't mean all the geth dying either. So for those of you who are bloodthirsty for robot blood, aka motor oil, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I'm not going there. But Shepard must convince the Corian attack to stand down because if you don't, you get what we just heard. And But if you do, uh, then Legion still discovers he he or it must sacrifice itself uh and tally shows an incredible amount of empathy telling legion that he does in fact have a soul and then talking with shepherd after the geth agree to surprisingly help the Corians rebuild rannock error copying code is insufficient direct personality dissemination required shepherd commander I must go to them. I'm... I'm sorry. It's the only way. Legion, the answer to your question was yes. I know, Tally. But thank you. Kilis and I... Shopping for another house? Beachfront property. Claim it fast. It's a buyer's market. <sighs> you okay? I know working with the Geth will be difficult. I'm not staying. I'm coming with you. I thought your people needed you. So? So, that's usually kind of a big deal for you. I gave up my father for my people. I gave up my freedom for an admiral position I didn't want. I'm not giving up you. Tally. I don't know how much time we have left. I don't know if we can beat the Reapers. But whatever happens, I want to be with you. Then let's go make sure your new homeworld stays safe. Thanks. When this is all over, when I know my world is safe... Then I can come build you that house on the homeworld. You've blown up more buildings than anyone I know. It'll be interesting to watch you try to build something. It is beautiful, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It'll be years before we can live without our suits completely. But right now... Right now, I have this. Yeah, that uh, Hallmark uh, Lifetime movie. It's some really good stuff. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I love that scene. And <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's great. I'm I'm just joking because you know, make I got to make fun of the emotional stuff whether it's the good stuff or the really dark stuff, you know. I just got to Isn't it gotta like do something incredible the disparity between those two different scenes? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It yeah. It swings so hard in both directions. But I kind of love that this and cynically so, I love that this entire conversation is happening like 10 to 15 feet away from legion's corpse <laughs> <laughs> right right it's still pretty dark in that sense absolutely right that like legion just sacrificed itself for autonomy of an entire race and then they're like damn that was sad as hell anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway i want to build a house heck yeah i do 
Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and and I don't know if I was joking about this in the Twitch chat here, but I don't know if anyone caught it. Legion also says, I'm sorry, making this in all its permutations, the most Canadian scene that Bioware <laughs> has ever made. Everyone's sorry. <laughs> Primary Everyone writer for, for, for Tally storyline from Canada. Confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Legion's body on the on the ground there, like, am I a joke to you? And <laughs> they're just talking about a house. Um, but you know what? It, it's it's that scene is so incredibly rewarding for Tally lovers. Uh, because it's kind of what you've been working toward with Tally for so long. And she's finally, you know, the Geth Korean War has come to a peaceful end. And yes, you lost a legion in the process, but the Geth gained sentience and autonomy, and the entire Korean race is still alive. Yeah. So there's really not many ways this could have gone better. Right. Uh, right. In fact, there's no way it could go better in the game. Um, but now you're standing here and in each one of these scenes, no matter how this uh, whole confrontation plays out, Tally removes the mask mm -hmm. and she breathes in the air of Rannoch. And that is an iconic moment because to that point, many people have not seen, well, it's never really shown besides a JPEG on a, on a, a desk, desktop picture frame, what Tally's face looks like. But she removes her mask and she takes it in. And then at the very end of that clip, you don't hear the digital effect on her voice. Yeah. yeah. It's just her voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's really special for so many people who really love Tally as a character because you finally get to hear her unfettered by the shield between her and the outside world. Right, right. So um, we have one more clip, though. We're not done yet. We do. We are running out of time. And if you've stuck around this long, you're going to be happy that you did uh, because I have more emotional damage for you. Uh, no. <laughs> but but OK, so assuming Tally survives how you handled things on Rannoch, uh, if you romanced her, and assuming you didn't have extremely low war assets and you bring her on the final run to the beam on earth, then there's a fairly emotional goodbye. And it's also one of my favorites in the series, just because of how excellently this is written. Uh, if you had any investment in Tally's character at all, then I, I think that this one's, this one might bring tears to your eyes. So apologies to those of you who are listening to this on your morning commute to work. You're going to have to explain why your eyes are red to your coworkers. But why don't we go ahead and play it? So this clip has a lot of action, but I've kind of cut ahead to where some of the dialogue is. Uh, so here we go. Yep. you to make it out of here alive, Tally. Back to land. Build yourself. So uh, she escapes on the Normandy. She does. Um, and I know that that was a little soft. It's easier when you're playing the game to kind of find out what they're saying. So basically, you know, if you didn't hear that, Shepard says, I need you to, to, to stay alive. I need you to go back to Rannoch, build a home. And she says, I have a home. 
And it was at this point that all of the Mass Effect players were crying in the club uh, <laughs> because her whole character arc is about finding a home, fulfilling her father's dying wish for her, and then leading her people back to their homeland. And she's been searching for the idea of a home ever since leaving the fleet on her pilgrimage. And even after landing on the home world that she and millions of others wished to see for hundreds of years, she still goes back to the Normandy to finish what she started. Why? If she already has finished her, like, basically lifelong mission or mission of a lifetime, well, you know, if you've romanced Tally, uh, she makes it abundantly clear in that final run. She's telling Shepard that being with him is her home. Yeah. Being with you is my home. I'm sorry. I just keep getting pictures of <laughs> Hallmark movies in my head. Uh, so it's very touching. It is like it's absolutely very touching. And it's the kind of thing that like anybody who's deeply in love with somebody just like would love to hear, you know, like. Yeah. And in that situation, it's chaotic and he's trying to make sure she's safe and stays alive. But you can see that there's still that emotional pull between them and it's it's very touching right like all hell is breaking loose around them mm -hmm. and yet the world is stopping for this beautiful moment to happen right, <laughs> right, but, right. but it is happening and that's that's kind of it's the most dramatic like most tragic scene in a love story i think that i've seen since like the notebook <laughs> <laughs> and, i never even watched the notebook <laughs> but, um yeah. and okay and it's it's awesome you know like this scene is a testament to uh, the same reason whether you romance tally or not it's why we love bioware games uh because in this moment you are in the story this is you and you've made so many decisions for shepherd to get here and to see those decisions repeated back to you by you know professional voice actors by the way amazing performance on both mark Muir and ash sroka's uh parts uh and to see that come to fruition is amazing as a player but from a lore perspective it is so gut-wrenching to hear tally say i have a home after all this time and that's like the final thing that she says to shepherd yeah, the, the payoffs in these games are just some of the best, you know, like it's very hard to find these kinds of emotional payoffs, especially across a three game arc in any other game series. I mean, some other games do a good job. These are top tier. Yeah, this is. Man, I hope we continue to see games of this caliber, you know, so. so. um, yeah. as much crap as Mass Effect 3's endings got. Does anyone have a problem with that scene? Yeah, I mean, you can complain about the ending, but there are so many individual endings throughout the game, you know, like so many individual yeah. tying ups of, of arcs and stories. And uh, it, like to say that the end, the end ending ruins everything else would be it's ridiculous. Like, OK, maybe yeah. you didn't like the final bit, but the rest of the I mean, come on. I don't know. <laughs> and heads up, you know, if Tally survived your uh, confrontation with Legion on Rannoch, that scene is not the end for her. She's still alive. Uh, unless you had such a low war readiness rating and then you chose destroy and everyone died. Maybe she's dead. But, you know, there's a high likelihood in the next game, if it's set within a certain amount of time after Mass Effect 3, that Tally could come back as a character. We already know the Geth are going to be some kind of relevant part of the next Mass Effect. It would only follow that Corians also are then. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense to pull back some very key fan favorite characters in order to continue the story. So I could totally see that as well. Well, I think that wraps up our Tally Mass Effect 3 episode, Sam. We did it. Yeah, that's Tally's arc. Uh, so hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, I haven't really decided where we're going to go for next week's episode, but I got some time. Yeah, it's going to be a topical one. We're going to take a break from character arc for now. Uh, but but if anyone's got any ideas in the meantime, you know, shoot me a message. And yeah. I'm always receptive. Yeah. And we'll be back in two weeks with our patron chat. So if you'd like to join us for that, there's still time to sign up. And uh, you got anything else going on, Sam? I know you're, you're doing a canon playthrough again. Yes, I am doing my close as close as I can remember my canon playthrough of Mass Effect. 
the entire trilogy. And but there's a small little asterisk there, and that is that uh, I'm going to be romancing Tally for the first time. So if you're interested in that, give me a follow on Twitch. You'll see the notification when I go live. I should be live this weekend uh, with more of that playthrough. I am in Mass Effect One though, so we'll try and talk to Tally as much as possible. But no, no alien banging for now. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. Twitch and Twitter, same handle, at N7TheLegend. Awesome. And thanks for joining us during the live stream at twitch.tv slash robotsradio. Thanks for being here in the live chat. I love all the comments and things. And, of course, I've got other shows like the Starfield Lorecast, which has been doing amazing because lots of people play in Starfield. And the Lord of the Rings Lorecast and a bunch of other games. Everything at robotsradio.net if you're interested in finding more content to listen to. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. Sam, this has been fun as always. And... Until next time, stay safe out there. We'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.